Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin Hell. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America, commonly known as the PCA, here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. Typically, we are going through a book of the Bible, but every Wednesday we take a break from that and look at the Westminster Confession of Faith. The Westminster Confession of Faith, together with the larger and shorter catechisms, are make up part of the Constitution of the PCA. We see these not as any kind of authority over Scripture or replacement of Scripture or anything of that sort, but only as a faithful summary of what the Bible teaches. This morning we're looking still at the first chapter, which is on Holy Scripture, and we're looking at the fourth and fifth paragraphs. So let me read these paragraphs for us, and then I'll pray for us and offer a few thoughts. The authority of the Holy Scripture, for which it ought to be believed and obeyed, dependeth not upon the testimony of any man or church, but wholly upon God, who is truth itself, the author thereof. And therefore it is to be received because it is the word of God. We may be moved and induced by the testimony of the church to an high and reverent esteem of Holy Scripture. And the heavenliness of the matter, the efficacy of the doctrine, the majesty of the style, the consent of all the parts, the scope of the work, which is to give all glory to God, the full discovery it makes of the only way of man's salvation, the many other incomparable excellencies, and the entire perfection thereof are arguments whereby it doth abundantly evidence itself to be the word of God. Yet, notwithstanding, our full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority thereof is from the inward work of the Holy Spirit, bearing witness by and with the word in our hearts. Father, as we take a few minutes this morning to think about your word and its role in our life, we ask that you would give us wisdom by your spirit who this document tells us bears witness to us by and with your word. May he work this morning that we may be convinced of the truth of your word. In Christ's name, amen. Well, the first paragraph, 1.4, is really answering uh, this question. Why ought we accept scripture as authoritative? We've argued that it is the word of God. We've argued that it has a different authority than other books like the Apocrypha or any other theological book that has been written since the canon has been closed or any other theological work that's not included in the canon. So it has authority, but how is it that we are convinced? Why ought we accept Scripture as authoritative? Well, the Confession gives us two reasons that are not why we accept the scripture as authoritative, despite what some people think. First of all, it says that it ought to be believed and obeyed, and this depends not on the testimony of man. In other words, we don't believe this simply because someone in authority over us said to believe it. We don't believe it because our parents said to believe it. We don't believe it because our preachers told us to believe it or, or because some great evangelist told us to believe it or because theologians that have gone before us told us to believe it. That's not what the authority of Scripture depends on. If all of those people had been silent on the authority of Scripture, it would still be authoritative. Likewise, it's not dependent on the testimony of the church. And this is the one that, that people often question and even Within the Catholic Church, they would see a difference with us here. 
they would see the authority of Scripture at some level depending on the authority of the church and the testimony of the church. But in the Protestant theology and and what we see in Scripture, this isn't actually the case. The authority of Scripture doesn't depend on the testimony of the church. The testimony of the church, the church itself, could have been entirely silent about this matter, and Scripture would still be authoritative. The reason is given in these last clauses. It's because it depends on God, who is truth itself, and therefore is to be received because it is the Word of God. We accept Scripture as authoritative, not because the church has said it's authoritative, not because man has said it's authoritative. We accept it as authoritative because it is the Word of God, and He is the authority in all matters. Therefore, where He speaks, He speaks authoritatively. The Word of God, Scripture, being the Word of God, is therefore to be accepted as authoritative. The second paragraph that we're going to take a look at this morning, paragraph 5, answers a different question. It's related, but how is it that we are convinced of the authority and truth of Scripture? It's one thing to say we should accept it as authoritative because it is the Word of God. That's great. That kind of just flat statement is fine. However, it raises a question. Why don't we? Why why do people so often reject the authority of Scripture? Why even in the church is the authority of Scripture at times debated? Why do we personally struggle when we see that, oh, here's this teaching of Scripture or or this imperative or or, or this even indicative statement that we, we just don't like? Why is it that we struggle? How are we convinced of the authority and truth of Scripture? Ultimately, what we're going to see is that this is only by the inward work of the Holy Spirit bearing witness by and with the Word in our hearts. Ultimately, it depends upon the Spirit of God convincing us. We saw this in our series going through the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. That it's only the Spirit who can make bad soil good. In other words, it's only the Spirit who can do the work in our hearts to convince us to continually hear and accept the Word of God and so to bear fruit. However, what we see in this paragraph is that there are secondary causes through which the Spirit works. First of all, the the confession mentions the testimony of the church. We've already said in the previous paragraph that the authority of Scripture doesn't depend on the testimony of the church, but the testimony of the church is the the regular means by which God announces the gospel. The, the, The church is the one to whom God has given men with the gift of preaching and teaching and expounding God's word. So one of the secondary causes by which we are convinced of the authority and truth of Scripture, is the testimony of the church. Another is the testimony of Scripture itself. And the confession lists eight different points about the Bible, about Scripture, that it sees as convincing of the authority and truth of Scripture. First of all, it's just the content, the heavenliness of the matter, it says. 
Second is the the efficacy of the doctrine, that it makes sense of life. It explains things and, and it puts things in perspective in a way that we say, yeah, okay, that actually makes sense. The majesty of the style. This is oftentimes missed because of how we tend to read the Bible piecemeal, but there is a wonderful beauty to the structure of the Bible, both in the whole and in its parts. In, in many ways, it is high literature, and the more we understand it in the context in which it was written, the more majestic and beautiful it becomes. The consent of all the parts. We understand that there are people who think they have found all kinds of errors in the Bible, but when we sit down and study what they claim to be errors, and when we sit down and look at the scope, the, 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 the story as a whole, we see that there is this beautiful consistency in how all of the parts fit together. The scope of the Bible, which it tells us is the glory of God. The way, number six, that it makes full discovery of the way of salvation for man. And then it lists two kind of catch-all phrases. One, the incomparable excellencies of the Bible. And then second, the perfections of the Bible. So it recognizes that Scripture itself bears witness to the truth and the authority of Scripture. So how are we convinced of the authority and truth of Scripture? Well, there are these two secondary causes. The the testimony of the church and the testimony of Scripture itself. When we bother to hear what the church in its orthodox realities, in its orthodox manifestations, when we hear what the true church says about Scripture, that can convince us. When we hear what Scripture and, and, and kind of begin to understand Scripture, that the beauty of the whole thing, is convincing. But ultimately, we must understand that however much, to whatever degree, the testimony of the church, the testimony of Scripture itself, the testimony of of other people bearing witness to the truth of Scripture, to whatever degree that these are convincing, it's because the Spirit of God is at work in our hearts bearing witness by and with the Word of God. So here we have the Holy Spirit introduced as absolutely fundamental to our faith, absolutely fundamental to believing the Bible, absolutely fundamental to the reality of Christianity. Some people fault the Westminster Confession for not having a chapter on the Holy Spirit. But what we'll find as we do here, as we go throughout the rest of the confession, is that The reason there's not a chapter is because what we find is that the Holy Spirit is all throughout at every stage of the confession of faith. Here, right at the beginning, we see it as his work to convince us of the authority and truth of Scripture. He may and, in fact, does use these secondary causes, but it is the Spirit at work in us if we believe the Bible to be true. It is the Spirit who makes bad soil into good soil that we might continually hear and accept and bear fruit according to God's Word. So how is it that we are convinced of these things? How is it that we are convinced of the authority of Scripture as God's Word? It's only by the work of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have that, we will never be convinced of the truth of Scripture. 
So when we are struggling to accept some point, when we are struggling to to accept something that, that the Bible teaches, the help we need is the Holy Spirit's help. And it's entirely appropriate. In fact, it's the best step we can take to call out for the Spirit to help us submit to, believe, accept God's Word in all that it teaches. When we struggle with what Scripture teaches, it's not necessarily some grander argument that we need. It's the Spirit's help to convince us. This isn't to deny a a, a rational working and studying of the Bible by any stretch of the imagination. But we must understand that all the doctrines therein are only believed, only accepted by faith. That's not to say they're not historical. That's not to say any of those things. It's to say that because of our sin, we require the Spirit at work in us, by and with His Word, not contrary to it, not apart from it, but by and with His Word, to convince us of the truth of His Word. May the Spirit do such work in all of our lives. Amen.